Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to OG 101 Podcast. Um, I'm your host, OG, and this is the first episode of the OG 101 Podcast. Yeah! <laughs> uh, let me actually introduce myself. My name is Oyole Lachi Tain, 19 years old, soon to be student in, in October. And yeah, and this is the OG 101 Podcast. Let me actually explain first um, why I wanted to start a podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to start some new things with... Um, um, content like podcasting, YouTube, everything. I got inspired from some other podcasters. Maybe the you know the Halfcast podcast from Chucky Online or the Imposter podcast from Long Paul Janeiro podcast. Very famous in Germany here. So yeah, I decided to start um, to start this year. Um, I'll mainly talk about sports, anime, uh, love, current world, current world events, everything, kind of thing. So yeah, I'm trying to keep this first episode kind of short, maybe around fifty minutes. And today's episode, I will talk a little bit about. Uh, the NBA, um, who I think will win the awards. Uh, if you didn't know, the NBA has an end-of-the-season award system, which consists of um, around five to six awards, if I'm not sure, um, from hinging from the most valuable player, the MVP, um, to Defensive Player of the Year, the DPOI, uh, the Rookie of the Year, the Sixman of the Year, the Most Improved Player, and the Coach of the Year. I will talk about some of these awards and thing and present to you who I think will win and some of the awards, and uh, maybe I'll also talk about the possibility of Steph Curry leaving the Warriors in 2022, and if it could be the end of a dynasty, because it's a little bit of possibility that Steph could leave. And yeah, if there's still some time, I will talk, also talk about something about anime, but I want to keep it short, because I cannot guarantee that I will talk about it. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's go over to the first topic, NBA. Okay, let's start with the MVP awards. Uh, for those who don't know, MVP stands for Most Valuable Player. And there's a different type of definition for who may think should be, should be the MVP of the league. Okay, what was that kind of in English? Uh, yeah, MVP basically for me means the player who is actually the most valuable on his whole team and who shows it throughout the season. Um, yeah, most of the people would say it's LeBron, but uh, I'm taking LeBron out of this. Uh, equation because he is going to miss almost the whole second half of the season and obviously narrative on the side he's LeBron James the king of the league people are gonna say hey, he has too much MVPs yeah. but he should he could get MVP and he should have had more definitely but this year is not because I think players had um, definitely a little bit more impact on LeBron and showed um, more value with them being healthier than LeBron it was a freak injury with his ankle but still yeah, um, he's out of my conversation for this time. Um, also, I'm um, having James Harden not uh, James Harden's not in my conversation for MVP because he, even though he has a great season, he adjusted pretty well for uh, with the Nets' big three with Kyrie and KD. But I think the na- narrative of playing with Kyrie and KD is going to be against him. And yeah, but he's having an amazing season. I think he's averaging around 24, 11, and five or even more. Like, almost a, almost a triple-double if he wants to. Like, this is just great for James Harden, but I think he will not get it because he's actually currently injured too. He will miss about 10 days. I think that will be around 5-6 games. So, yeah, probably he'll be out. Um, uh, yeah, let me actually go to my top three, top four candidates who are, candidates who I have for the award. Um at number four, I have the current MVP of the league, two times MVP of the league, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nigerian brother. Uh, yeah, <coughs> Giannis plays amazing currently. He has a great season. Um, he had the rough start at first, but still he's going. 
Uh, I wish I pulled off stats, uh, stats right now. I'm actually on, on my phone recording this. And I'm getting a little bit off script. I'm um, going literally more of who I think shall be the MVP. And from, uh, from more of an eyesight. Uh, yeah, Giannis has a great season. But I think the narrative will be against him. Like being a three-time MVP of the league in a row will be hard. Only three players have done it before him. I think Larry Bird, Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell and... I think Giannis has a chance, but I think the other players who I have above him will have the narrative on the side, have who um, also have the record on the side, and also have the statistics on the side. Uh, number three, I have Damon Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. Dame is just Dame. He just proves that he's one badass motherfucker. Dude is like a straight-up shooter-shooter. Like, I'm sorry, people saying that no, there's no competition for Steph Curry... And Clay Thompson, like, you have forgotten about Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is just a straight-up motherfucker. He's having a great season, averaging around 30 points, if I'm not um, incorrect. Uh, Portland has a great record with the team. Um, most of their star players have been injured with CJ McCollum and um, Yusuf Nurkic, and Dame has pulled them up. I think they're around the fourth seed in the West, uh, which is great. So, not like last year. Last year, they were eighth, the eighth seed, which was actually a little bit of a problem. But I think Portland is going to have a great season, and if Damian Lillard is going to get him to the playoffs and maybe have a good playoff showing, then, yeah, he could get the MVP, in my opinion. At number two and number one, it's kind of a split up. I have the two big men, one in the, one of the one at the East, one in the West. Um, from the East, I have Joel Jojo Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers and Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets. Um, actually, my pick for MVP would be Embiid. He missed some time in the second half of the season, but he's currently back and he's playing really, really amazing. And I would love for it to be Embiid because not only that, not only is Embiid one of my favorite players in the league, but it would be nice to see a real big man like back to the basket. I'm gonna dominate your ass with my back, um, big man. Since Shaq to win the MVP, yeah, it would be nice to see. He's playing this, his best season in his career, He's shooting around 50, 40, almost 90 as a big man, which is hard. Only Dirk has that season, I guess, and maybe KD. But KD's not a, it's more of a small forward than a big man, yeah. But you know. Uh, yeah, I would love to give it to Embiid, but yeah, um, the reason I could also see Jokic having it because he has not really been injured. I think he has not been injured. Maybe Corona protocols, um, but he's having an amazing season. Also, maybe the best season of his career. He has great talents around him. The great record. I think the Nuggets are the third seed. No, they are the fifth seed in the West. And yeah, um, he can also get him to the playoffs. And Jokic is playing just amazing. A little bit better on defense than usual years, but it's great for him. So it's between it's it's for me it's a toss up between Damian uh, not Damian um, JoJo Embiid and the Joker. So um, you see, I think if the Nuggets can get a higher seeding, um, maybe get around the two two to three range, I could see Jokic getting the uh, MVP, and maybe the Sixers could fall from the standings. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I hope, um, uh, like I said, I hope Embiid will win it. I wouldn't be mad if Jokic win, wins it. So yeah, let's go over to the next award, the Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, the DPOY award is an award which is really hard to say who shall win because it's more of an eye test for me because statistics say one thing, eye tests say one thing. So like, yeah, I'm going mostly of eye tests on who I think has the biggest impact in the defense on defense around the world, 
around the world, around the league. What the fuck am I speaking? I'm a little bit nervous right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have basically four candidates to win the MVP, the MVP, the Defense Player of the Year. Um, uh, last year's Defensive Player of the Year, Yasser Dekoum was also on the list. He's playing great um, defensively. He always has a high motor. His versatility is always going to be shown. He can just lock m almost everyone down. Some guards are going to be too fast for him. Some big men are going to be a little bit too big for them. But like, nah, mo mostly guards have problems. But Giannis is like great versatility. Mark, uh, Mike Budenholzer, the coach of the Bucks, is using him really good on switch defense. He's not mainly the... Um, main defender on the best type of player. Mostly he can be, he can obviously be, but um, he's you. Um, Mike Budenholzer Mike is using Giannis as a help defender, which is really great. Him and Brook Lopez are the twin towers in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, in <laughs> in Milwaukee, in Milwaukee. And yeah, so I could see Giannis win it, but I have other players who have shown a little bit of a bigger impact for me this season. At number three, I have. Miles Turner from the Indiana Pacers. The dude is leading the leagues in blocks with around three blocks per game. Miles Turner's just shown that he's one of the best shot blockers the league has ever seen. Um, to him and another player who I'll talk about have uh, shown that shot blocking is not dead. Shot blocking is very important in this game. Everyone's talking about having just guard players who can guard the perimeter, but having players who can guard, who can. Shut down players around the rim is more than important. I think maybe the most important part, I can, uh, the main reason for why big men have mainly won the defensive player of the year um, in recent years is because it's shown that shot blocking, rim protecting has been very valuable over the last few years. So yeah, Miles Turner is having a great defensive season in, for Indiana but, Indiana, but he's the man number three. I have two, my next two players... Um, could be a toss-up, like the MVP. <laughs> it's really hard to gauge because one of them is basically the best shot block in the league, one of the best rim protectors in the league, and Rudy Gobert. And the other one is one of the best perimeter defenders in maybe NBA history. This is maybe a stretch, but Ben Simmons, oh my god, he's playing amazing defense. Like, his versatility is on another level, like he can guard players from one to five confidently. I'm saying this right now. Ben Simmons, you can put it on Luca, you can put it on Damian Lillard, you can put it on um, Jokic, you can put it on Gobert, you can put it on LeBron, Kawhi, he can give them problems. He can put players on lockdown, and I mean lockdown, like you're going to jail, you cannot score. Oh, my, I mean, you will score, but it will be bad. You will have to work for that. Ben Simmons has shown that he's maybe the most valuable defender in the league. And he actually has my vote for being the best defensive player in the league. And yeah, I'm going to give my vote to Ben Simmons. But I'm also going to talk about another player who I think could win this award. And Rudy Gobert, the center of the Utah Jazz. Um, Rudy Gobert is showing that his shot blocking is very valuable. Because I think the Utah Jazz have the fifth, uh, top five defense with him on the floor. And a bottom five defense without him on the floor. Which is kind of nuts if you think about it. What kind of impact does this dude ha have to be like, yo, without me, you're trash on defense. This is just amazing if you think about it. It's great to see, but um, I think it's, for everyone it's different to say who's a better defensive player. Like, what do you value more? Shot blocking, perimeter defense, or versatility? 
for me, I think versatility, being able to switch on off, being um, being a great or no, no, not great, being a good perimeter defender, maybe a good inside defender, is very very valuable. So I'm taking Ben Simmons for this award. He's shown that he can guard players from one to five confidently. So yeah, my vote goes to Big Ben from the Philadelphia 76ers. And if I think about it, if Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons win these awards, this is a great season for Philly. This is a great season for Philly. Wow. Really great. Let's go on to the sixth man of the year. Okay, let's go over to the sixth man of the year. And I only basically have three contenders for this as well. Um, Some people value more scoring off the bench. Some people value efficiency, defense, everything. And my three candidates are very specific in a lot of these areas. I think... Uh, any one of them could win this award, and um, the players I have for in this contention would be Thaddeus Young, um, forward from the Chicago Bulls, Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles, um, guards and forward um, from the Utah Jazz. Um, let's start off with Thaddeus Young. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's a bit warning. Um, Thaddeus Young is playing great for um, the Bulls. Um, from the bench, he has an amazing hook shock. If I think about it, like he goes to the inside, just shoot him with a hook, hey, like Kareem sky hook, and just makes it. Like this is great. Um, he's providing great defense, a lot of playmaking. He's averaging around four to five assists if I'm not wrong, and scoring obviously there, which is great for the Bulls. Um, I think recently they started to start him a lot more and put Laurie Markkinen on the bench. So yeah, maybe he could be out of the contention. But currently, I think I still have as one of my candidates for the sixth man of the year and then now other two players like i said before from the same team joe ingles and jordan clarkson um both of them have different roles on the team but also both come off the bench and show that Utah is just broken this year Utah is just broken jordan clarkson the best bench scorer of the league like he's baby he's maybe a He's Lou Williams, but 6'4", Lou Williams, you could say. Uh, he's just scoring on people. I remember the night when he had 42 points against the Philadelphia 76ers. He just scored on them. John Clarkson is, like, flashy and everything he wants. Um, yeah, sco- amazing scorer. And at the end of the shot clock, who who, want you, who would you want to give him the, um, give the ball? John Clarkson. That's been shown. I think something's shown. I think I've... Uh, recently, I've seen a breakdown. Let me a breakdown of... Sometimes if the Utah Jazz cannot um, really have a ball movement type of thing, they just give the ball to John Clarkson. He creates, shoots, makes it. 10 out of 10 times. No kidding. No cap. No cap. I'm wearing a cap, but no cap. And yeah. But Joe Ingles, he is another player who I think could actually win this award. Um, Joe Ingles is shooting amazingly from the field. He's shooting 50, 40, 90. He's a great playmaker. Obviously, he's a he's a dog on the defensive side. Um, he's not he's not like the most athletic guy, but still he can sh- provide everything off the bench, and this is this is great. Yeah, I think it's more of a toss up between John Clarkson and Joe Ingles, but I can see any one of them winning. But I think throughout the last years we've seen that more mostly scorers have won this award. So I'm thinking I'm leaning a little bit more to John Clarkson winning this award. So yeah, uh, my pick John Clarkson. Okay, let's go over to the next award, the Rookie of the Year award. Um, I basically only have one play on lock, LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball. But 
Man, this man got injured. He had a great rookie season, and a lot of people had doubted him, though. LaMelo Ball has basically shown that he's going to be a future superstar, in my opinion. His flashiness, his playmaking, his shooting, and his finishing around the rim is just amazing. <laughs> and a lot of people said he's everything Lonzo should have been. But Lonzo's a great player, but I'm not here to bash Lonzo because I love Lonzo. I love Lonzo to my heart. And LaMelo is just a great player. Um, I think he could still win the Rookie, rookie of the Year, but um, him basically missing the whole second half with a wrist injury uh, will take will take him out. It's just sad. It's just sad. I think he should be Rookie of the Year. Um, otherwise, who, who could I see winning? Tyrese Halliburton from the Knicks, from the Kings. Yeah, he's having a great season, shooting almost fifty fifth, almost shooting fifty fifty ninety. I'm sure, if I'm not correct. At the start of the season, he shot shot fifty four percent from the from three with a weird ass jump shot. But yeah, I could see him actually win it though. But the Kings have down, the Kings could somehow maybe get to the playoffs. If yes, then yeah, I, I will give it to him. Anthony Edwards. Yeah, he's a he's a good player. The the Wolves just suck, and I mean it though. The Wolves really suck, and he's he's I've seen also I have seen a statistic recently, which shown that he may be the worst defender, worst defender in the whole league. <laughs> I mean it though. This dude is six five, athletic as fuck, and maybe the worst defender in the league. If if y'all if y'all have seen a dunk on YouTube Watanabe, then you're you're you are asking like, how the fuck is this dude bad at defense? Effort. Effort. Like, I think he could win it. Scoring amazing. has um, not the narrative on the side. Like, yeah. But my wish would be Lamella Ball. If not, Tyrese Halliburton. If not, Anthony Edwards. Uh, let's go over to another topic. Anime. Okay, let's go over to the second topic of the day. Anime talk. Um, I'll talk about One Piece a little bit. If y'all are actually watching uh, or reading One Piece, and I hope you're reading One Piece and I am at around chapter 1010, which is actually coming out on Sunday, but I read it before, spoilers and everything. I hope you're around there. If not, then click off or go to the end of the podcast because I will spoil the hell out of you. This last chapter was amazing, and I'm just going to talk about what I think will happen um, with the rest of the one Cooney raid, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about chapter one thousand ten. This chapter was just sick. I'm okay. I will give it a real, a real recap for those who um have read it and need a re- little refresher. Um, Zoro pulled Ashura, Ashura, and possibly has Congress hockey. Like we we knew it. We fucking knew it. He has Congress hockey. And now he maybe have it, but like it was okay. Let me start off actually. Um, Big Mom is falling for Onigashima, and Prometheus is saving her because Kaido um, stopped Sora and Law from um, stopping Prometheus. Pro- uh, Prometheus is going down to save Big Mom, and like Prometheus is kind of plotting something. There's a possibility that they're gonna create a new Zeus or gonna kill Zeus. Um, yeah, and what happened next? Like, oh my god, the whole fight with Kaido, like. Zoro said he's gonna give it his all. All he gave Kaido everything. He pulled Ashura. I'm butchering the name. I know it. Ashura, Asura. I don't give a fuck. He pulled a nine sign Ashura, and just sliced the brother up. Yeah, he just sliced the brother up. He he. Oh, he gave him the biggest scar on Odin, and like Kaido was shook. Kaido was shook a little bit, and he said, 
there's no way that you c that we have another conqueror here. And like, what the fuck? We have another conqueror on the, sword, on the straw hats? Like, yeah. Miss me with the Sanji and Zoro type shit. Zoro gonna be Sanji's ass. I'm a Sanji fan, but damn, bro. Uh, yeah. And afterwards, we have a fight of little Ruffy against Kaido. And Ruffy understood how advanced Conqueror's Hockey works. And just beat the living shit out of Kaido. Like, we gave him a kick and an uppercut and another kick. Like, whoa. And then this nigga was so confident as fuck and said, Hey, yo, Zoro, Law, pull up. Go down, tell them I got this. Tell them I got this. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, I'm swearing to god. If Ruffy is getting clapped, I will laugh my ass off. I will laugh my ass off, yo. Okay, let me um, actually give my predictions for the Vonikuni raid. Um, I think it will end in around 30 chapters. And just end with 3 acts. Um, there are two types of kabuki theater styles. If you don't, if you know about it, if you're actually a little bit invested in One Piece, you know that Oda is possibly going with a kabuki theater style, which consists maybe of three acts or five acts. And I think Oda's going with three acts right now. Um, yeah, I think um, we will actually see Ruffy fighting against Kaido one on one for a long time. He could get clubbed. He could get owned by Kaido for a while, and then afterwards, some people will help at the end to defeat Kaido. But I think the the um the arc the arc will end in third chapters, and with Zoro and Law maybe going down, uh, I could see uh, Marker healing Zoro and maybe Zoro having a fight again, maybe coming up helping Luffy again or um, him going against King. That would be sick though, but like people are gonna say King is too weak, Zoro has Kogoshaki. <laughs> I could see have King having Kogoshaki because like. Just like Kaido only having Kangasaki would be weird. Like, not his right hand man. So we will see. But I can still see Marco fighting King. But we will see, yeah. But what, what will happen downstairs too? Um, I can see Sanji having a fight against Queen. Um, um, Jim, we finally know who, who, who's, who is. Maybe he's a sleeper agent for the uh, CP0. We don't know. We don't know. It could be that way though. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I think Big Mom's still plotting something. I think she's gonna betray, Ka betray Kaido, maybe. She's gonna see. R Ruffy's gonna. If It could be like this Ruffy fucks up Kaido, and then it turns around that Kaido somehow fucks up Luffy, and then all of a sudden Big Mom says, Yep, boy, I'm gonna step your ass in the back. And just all of a sudden, she's stepping in the back and just like, just dips, maybe. We don't know how it will end. I don't know. Could, who could I see pull up though? Who could I see pull up? I could see the Marines pull up with the SSG weapon so we can finally know who it, what it is. It must be strong though because they send it to Mihawk and I think like if the SSG can beat Mihawk, it can be a contention to do something to the um, to a Yonko, to a conquer, to an Emperor, yeah. That's really mad though. Hmm. What else could I see? What else could I see? I could see Momo having a kind of a uh, amazing moment to solidify himself as a real kind of um, Kazuki. I think you can master Stellar Fruit or maybe have Vigapunk pull up and actually explain what his Stellar Fruit is. That would be really nice to have kind of explanation. So maybe giving more and more guideline to how to use it. Actually, actually getting to see what or, or nay, actually getting to see who Vegapunk is is 
essential to the story because he can explain a lot of things right now. Uh, what the devil fruits are, maybe hockey a little bit, but yeah. But I think at the end, at the end of the fight, Luffy will be obviously a Yonko, a actual Yonko. Like I think if kind of falls, <clears throat> one spot is free. Luffy's gonna take it, and if maybe Big Mom falls, I could see use this Captain Kid taking it, um, because in the chapter, in the latest chapter, um, Kid and Killer went after Big Mom. They said they got they gonna take care take care of her, but like. If Kid somehow, somehow, some way actually ends Big Mom, then wow, I want to, I want to, I want the Kid hate to stop. I want the Kid hate to stop. I mean it. Like, if Kid actually does something against Big Mom and like ends her, he has a chance. He has a chance. Stop the slander. Stop the cat. I want. I don't. I don't want to see some mean ass shit against Kid anymore. <laughs> yeah. But okay, let's talk about that though. Who could I see dying at the end though? I could see Killer dying. Kid's right hand man. I could see one of the Scabbits dying. I think Ashuradoji is maybe dead. He got blown up and got stabbed to the heart. Maybe Kinemon. Kinemon could die. That would be sad. Because he's basically one of us. One of the straw heads. And he's maybe... Mom he's, he's like Momonosuke's second father. Okay, I have to talk about something because... There's actually a theory that Kiemon was clapping Togi's cheeks while Odin was gone. And like, damn, if that's true, then Kiemon just... Kiemon's so savage for this. He's wild. <laughs> He's wild. Yeah, okay, that's basically what I think for what happened with Wanakui. I think it will, it will end in 30 chapters. Ruffy could, Ruffy could solo Kaido. If everything goes well for Luffy, he can solo Kaido. Big Mom could betray him. Uh, Zoro could have a fight. Sanji will have a fight. And yeah, Momo will have a big moment, maybe saving um, Wanakuni, the flower capital from um, Onigashima. We'll see. And yeah. Okay, that was the episode. Um, thank you for listening to the, the whole thing. If you <laughs> enjoyed it, um, um, tune in for more in the future. Um, my social media will be linked. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. Maybe I'll post up there sometime again. <laughs> yeah, this is nice. Like, I like podcasting. This is the end of the first episode. And want to do this more in the future. I don't know. Like, I would love to have guests on it. This is more of a solo-based thing right now. But in the future, with, with the whole corona situation, I hope this will get better soon. And, and by chance, I'll have guests on it, do interviews. Yeah, we will see. But um, that was the first episode. Um, leave a like. Share it with your friends. Tune in for more in the future. And that was it. OG out.